The Spanish Announce Table. It's 322 episodes deep now of this right here, right here that you see, right? This Spanish Announce Table. Tom, whoo, we had a lot of pro wrestling this week, and we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. My man's Shaq got involved, got some wood, uh, disappeared out of an ambulance. Uh, we've got a big AEW pay-per-view coming up. We have a major title change in WWE to talk about. We have some great documentary stuff to talk about on the WWE Network and even a video podcast to talk about all throughout this great uh, episode. Tom, before we get into all that, uh, you also had a pretty special event, huh? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't official, but... Mm. And it wasn't yeah, it official exist. because, yeah, it doesn't exist because it wasn't a leap year. However, uh, me and my wife celebrated our first year of marriage. We mm-hmm. made it. I tell you what, this one was difficult. And this is why. Uh, pandemic, where you can't go out and do things, the first six months especially, yeesh, it was hard. <laughs> but it was rewarding. Feel great. Uh, we celebrated with having our own... Um, uh, cake that we had uh, at our wedding the previous year. It wasn't the same cake because if you recall, I gave up sugar and sweets leading up to the wedding. And so I ate that entire cake at the wedding. Uh, <laughs> and then I did, I seriously did. I ate all of the cake that day. I think I had like maybe I'm not kidding. Probably 10 slices of cake. I had more slices of cake than I did uh, alcoholic beverages and I was drunk. So that should tell you how much cake I had. Um, so this year, we just bought that cake again from the place that uh, we bought it from uh, on our wedding. And we wa- we looked through uh, photos on our phone, uh, the signature book that you and your wife signed. We looked through that. Then we wrote down the year that was, what happened, what we did, what was significant, da-da-da-da-da. Uh, and it was a great day. It was a very great day. What have you been up to? I heard you've increased your fitness, working on that fitness. Yeah, I'm at five full pull-ups now. Five full Dude, pull-ups. Yeah. You say that jokingly, like, oh, I'm only doing five pull-ups. The uh, average human cannot do five pull-ups. And especially like because you're doing strict pull-ups, correct? You're not yeah, doing yeah, yeah. kipping or no, butterflies. No, no. Yeah, no. you're doing you're doing the hardest version of a pull-up. Cause there is. You can do like the butterfly kind where you're just bringing no, your chest no, no, and it's just a circle. Uh you are you should be applauded. No, and so it's one of these, you know what I'm talking about. It's got like the bar here. You can do the dips on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you can do the, the push-ups and whatnot. Um, I do that thing. And, um, yeah, just, I just I, I come all the way down, right? And then you mm-hmm. pull up, right? And then yeah. all the way down. You know, I, I'm moving here in the chair because of yeah. that. But, uh, yeah. Wait no, a minute. It's been fun. You do, you do forward or reverse? I do. Well, I do this way for the five. I can do three this way. This is hard too, and that's yeah, hard, not, man. Yeah. I typically do it this way. That's probably even harder. So it sits uh, out right outside the studio here, which is also my office for work. And um, you know what I mean. I'll just get like a little bit of thing, and I'll be like, "All right, I'll go bust something out." And we've also got the uh, Bowflex over there, so I might do some presses or something like that. Yeah. I got a good idea. Mm, yeah. We'll get into it as we talk about the great wacky world of pro wrestling, but I got a good idea. Okay. All right, so hey, uh, let's get into it, man. We got a huge pay-per-view with an amazing main event that just sounds so weird to talk about out loud. So let's get into it. You want to talk about AEW Revolution? 
Let's talk about AEW Revolution. I am excited for this because we are coming off of AEW Dynamite, which was amazing. Might have been one of the best oh. pro wrestling television shows I've seen in in a long time that I can remember. Maybe ever. I don't know. Um, it was really good, and we're going to cover that as we go through the Revolution card. And then, of course, when we're done with the Revolution card, we got to talk about some of the things that happened on Dynamite that won't be encompassed in the Revolution card. But this card is so stacked and jacked and... Whatever else, right? Whatever. I'm not Scott Steiner. I, I can't do the numbers. But fun fact. Hmm. Fun fact about AEW Revolution. Full circle about what we've talked about so far. The last AEW Revolution took place on my wedding. That was last mm. year's AEW Revolution. Was on Leap yeah. Day, uh, 2020 Your or 2019. God. Yeah, that was like the last. I think like big okay. group event I went to. Insane. When did Insane. I get? What's it? 2021. 2020. Yeah, I was like, what year did I get yeah. married? Yeah. Um. That happened uh, uh, on my wedding day last year. So now it's full year, and now we're going into this year's AEW Revolution. All right, we're going to talk about it. I pulled this card off of Wikipedia because it seemed to be more up to speed. I went to their website to do it, which we like to do because that should be the most recent source. But I don't think AEW is the best about updating their website, if I'm being honest. I've gone through it a couple times and been like, ah, this needs to be updated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, the growing company. Uh, well, let's go through this card. Again, card subject to change. We may not have the most correct information. We don't do a whole lot of fact checking here. Uh, we try no to fact. keep it down to a minimum here. No fact um, Let's start with Rio and Thunder Rosa taking on Britt Baker and Rebel. Um, this talent, as we've discussed, we like all of these talents. This is gonna, this match is gonna be good. And but I think I'm gonna go ahead and take the first one here, Tom. I think we're gonna give Britt Baker and Rebel the win here. I think they're gonna go, uh, they're gonna highlight her versus like Thunder Rosa. You know, they've been given, uh, you know, the NWA and all these folks mm-hmm. a lot of talent. But I think mm-hmm. on their card here, I think they're gonna establish Britt Baker with a decent win here because the heel can't get punked out every time, right? So I think Britt Baker and Rebel are gonna win this. By the way, before I get your pick here. Uh, we made, when AEW started coming out with these pay-per-views, we thought, we're going to start doing picks. Tom and I are going to put it on the line. We're going to do something, some kind of punishment. And we've even had it. Tom had to do the John Cena entrance. And I had to do the uh, the hot chip. And the, the hot uh, chip. Oh, I forgot about the hot chip. God, oh, hot I chip. don't. Yeah, you cried. I don't. Yeah, that hurt a lot. Yeah, that was, and miserable. we can't come up with one right now. We've we've tried the last couple of days, and we keep throwing them bad, you know, semi bad ideas. So we want to give it to you, the fans. This is a mm-hmm. good chance of getting some plugs. Follow us on the YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. If you need any links, find them on SpanishAnnouncetable.net. But on Twitter, use hashtag TweetTheTable. And a, a couple benefits: whenever you use hashtag TweetTheTable, you might get your tweet read on the show. We're going to read some of those later in our TweetTheTable segment. But also, we need you to give us an idea of what the loser should do. Of these picks right here. Yeah. Hashtag tweet the table. You can follow us at table show, but hashtag tweet the table. Give us your thoughts. We might pick it. We might not. You throw something that's terrible. We're not going to pick it. I'm going to put that on the table right now. Don't be surprised if we don't pick your idea. Don't be. But hey, you might get your idea picked and you will be immortalized. We're going to tell everybody how great you are, how smart you are, and how your punishment idea was supreme. So hit us up. What do you think, Tom? Because yeah. you're going to lose. So, you right. Know what I mean? But I probably won't this time. But, yeah, some ideas, you know, mm-hmm. that we will not accept is anything uh, degrading or cruel to others or ourselves in the sense mm-hmm. of, like, really traumatic experiences. However, some things you may want to do is bring up that chip idea again, right? The hot sauce chip. Or if you want to have Tim do a recording of his five pull-ups 
that could also be another fun punishment that he has to do mm-hmm. to prove that he can actually do the five pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Huh? You got to do the five pull-ups, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, point. I think it's a yeah, I think it's a great idea. And again, hashtag tweet the table with any thought that you have as far as punishments for You're Tim losing lose. the revolution. I, no, I'm not. You can't have you prove I'm my due. I'm due. You know what I mean? Like I've lost so many times that it's like it's like a home run hitter who's gone o for fifteen at the you plate and then he hits a home run. Like you've yeah. done this long enough. Exactly. The fans want to see it. Exactly. So going Too back bad to the I get picks. to play the heel. So who's winning? Britt Baker, Rebel, or Rio and Thunder? So Cross I think. Eye? So we can go one of two ways. We can either say Rebel cost the match for Britt Baker. Maybe some dissension starts with that. Or, and I think this is going to be more of what happens, is Thunder Rosa being the hothead, uh, you know, passionate. Lucha Lucha Libre style wrestler from the NWA gets tired of all these AEW chicks. Rio's not carrying her weight. She turns heel on Rio. We get Rio Thunder Rosa moving forward, and Britt Baker can then you know hang out, be the dentist and stuff. So I'm going Britt Baker and Rebel Reba for the win. Okay, let's talk about an exciting match uh, here. This is going to be exciting, no doubts. This is the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale oh. with the winner getting a future tag team shot. Let me read some of these names here. Right, we have Bear Country. Yeah. We have oh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver of the Dark Order. We have Evil Uno and Stu Grayson of the Dark Order. We have Santana and Ortiz of the Inner Circle. We have the Butcher and the Blade, Private Party, Top Flight, Pack and Ray Phoenix of uh, Death Triangle, Varsity Blondes, the Seidel Brothers, Kazarian and Daniels of SCU, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall of the Nightmare Family. That's a fucking thing. Chaos Project, Austin and Colton Gunn of the Gun Club, and to be announced. Tom, Good what say Christ. you? Mm-hmm. I said that's how are we gonna do this? Yeah, and they like doing theirs, and I kind of like this too, where one member gets eliminated, the other member's still alive. They can still win it for him. Yeah. Um, man, that is a ton of talent. I still I, think it should be here's how you should do it. If it's a tag team battle royal, you get all the tag you get one member of each tag team in and all the rest standing outside. And if you manage to like get away and tag your guy in. He's in, but the team still goes if one of you gets tossed out, right? But then the guy could be over there like trying to stop an elimination. I think that's a unique person nobody's done. Or he he or she, if you want to do it with the females right. as well, could just say, like, you know what? I'm tired of this guy holding me down. I see that he's not worth his weight. And then he gets thrown over and you go like you try to catch him and you just bypass him, right? S- sidestep him and then go like, We're not a tag team anymore. That's how tag yeah. teams can can break up. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, like that's that a idea. great idea. I'm going Death Triangle. I think Pac and Ray Phoenix, uh, if you looked at AEW Dynamite uh, last night, they had a squash match to look really super strong. I think that's for a reason to go into this. Uh, That is a ton of tag team talent that they have. And there's a to be announced, which good Christ. Um, But I think they're the strongest team. I think they're going to show off why they're the Death Triangle, even though it's only two guys here. Uh, But... They okay. have the, the most star power there, I think. I'm going to give you my three, two, and one on this one, all right? Because I walk through this and I try to figure out how we're going to go here, right? My three is Butcher and the Blade, right? Because 
spoiler alert of who I think win, is winning the tag team titles. Uh, it's a good heel for the next run, um, you know, for the next matchup, mm-hmm. right? Butcher and the Blade. However, so is my number two, Santana and Ortiz, because they could be a continuation of the current tag team feud, right? And they're Ooh, due for a good yeah. spotlight and thing. But I still think my number one is the to be announced team. All right, so who is now, it? Mm-hmm, now I've got a one A and a one B. All right, <laughs> I'm going to give you the one B is FTR. One B is FTR for something I'll get into wow. later, but I don't think it's them because I think I'm I'm shooting a little pie in the sky for what I think's coming later. So I'm going to go with because I think it's going to matter for the continuation of the tag team. Well, not the continuation of the tag team, so, but where the tag team storyline goes next. I think the to be announced is going to be the winners, and it's going to be the Good Brothers, Luke Gallows. Oh. Or Doc Gallows, right? Right? Yeah. Machine Gun Carl Anderson. They get the future ah. tag team shot, brother. Brother. And then we have the showdown, right? God mm-hmm. bless America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Who'd you say again? Pac and Ray Phoenix. Pac and Ray Phoenix? Yeah, you're wrong on that one. Yeah, yeah. I am. I, I'm writing this down for anybody keeping score, you know what I mean? Pac Damn and Phoenix, it. I'm saying, I'm saying good. But brothers. FDR is a good choice, too, because as of right now, they they don't have a match. You're right. You're and right. You and, and more on that. More on that yeah, later, you're... but let's move into the next match here, right? All right, let's do it. All right, what's the next match? Miro and Kip Sabian taking on... What they list here is the best friends, and I think I've heard them kind of refer to Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. We're not calling best friends like a like a three man New Day type faction, right? I thought it was Orange Cassidy and the best friends. I think it's Orange Cassidy and the best friends, but very similar to how uh, Pac and Ray Phoenix could be the Death Triangle, even though it's only two of them, kind of thing. I think you could yeah, say even it's though there's the best an friends. established tag team. Yeah, you and can even the tag team doesn't the call themselves. But see, that tag team does call themselves. Anyway, boy, it's not not important because Miro and Kip Sabian are winning this because Miro's going to go full Miro at some point and rip somebody to shreds, and they're going to get Miro over going right. Yeah, Miro's winning. Yeah, I would have agreed with that if he didn't do the promo on Dynamite where he said, everyone's wanting me to go crazy and you're going to get it. Okay, cool. Well, that means you're going to go crazy on Kip Sabian. We're going to have Miro flip the shit and ditch uh, Sabian and Penelope Ford because mm. they're going to lose post-match, and that's when he's like, this isn't worth my time. Oh, ah. me. Yeah, and Orange Cassidy, we've got to get this, right? We always got to do the, the this. Damn it. Um, so, yeah, Orange Cassidy and Chuck oh. Taylor. Damn it. I felt the same way in the match before, so, yeah. Damn it. Damn it. All right. Face of the Revolution Ladder match for a future TNT title shot. Here we go. We've got Cody Rhodes. We've got Tom's former man crush Scorpio Sky who stole our gimmick. Mm-hmm. Penta El Zero Miedo. I said that wrong probably. Lance Archer, Platinum Max Caster, and to be announced. Where do you want to go with this, Tom? What do you want? All what right. do you want? What Let's do you... first say who the to be announced is. Who do you think the to be announced is? We'll both say that even if we don't pick that person. I've got a 1A and a 1B. <laughs> <laughs> I love your pie chart. You need to start replacing us uh, behind us with a pie chart of your and, breakdowns of these picks. And I think they might win it. I've got a, I've got... I've got a one and a two there as well. I think my one, okay, 
Here's what we got. I'm going to say the to be announced is Sean Spears. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Who do you think yeah. it is? I think it's Eddie Kingston. You think it's Eddie Kingston? All right. I think it's Eddie Kingston. And I think he'll be the first the one card. eliminated. But I think good he'll be the first the one fucked up, right? Because he has history with every single guy, it seems like, in this match. Somehow somehow or another, right? Like, the most co- the most obvious is Pentagon and Lance Archer and, you know, Max Caster and those guys yeah. really don't have history like that. But you could start it. And Eddie Kingston is a good foil for anyone to, you know get over on. So I got Eddie Kingston, but I don't think he wins it. So who do you got winning? All right. So you're going Sean Spears. Well, I've got a bumbled who I think is going to win based on a myriad of factors. So I may want to talk myself through it. Um, Okay. You want to pick yours first? You want me to walk through it? I'll walk through it. All right. I'll go first. I think again, this is for the winner gets a shot at the TNT TNT title, Mm -hmm. not the heavyweight championship. Right. Right. So I think by just saying that, Cody kind of eliminates himself, right? Because he was yeah, already the course. TNT champion. No chance. I think he's destined yep. for bigger things than – Mid to late, but he's right. not winning it. I don't think he's winning it. Nope. And somebody's going to get a big spot to somehow, you know what I mean, like punk him out a couple times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like somebody's going to get over on him, but yeah, he's not going to win. As much as I love Max Caster, which, man, he's just growing on me each time he's been given a spotlight. They, I don't think it's going to be him. They avoided on Dynamite mentioning the acclaimed much with him. Is that a thing? Are they going to kind of no, forget the be, acclaimed happened? Well, no, because if you watched a, uh, AEW Dark, uh, mm, yeah, they true. did some promos together. and true that. They did like a promo thing where yeah. the other guy That's did That's where the, this is the, going, like, right? What? The other guy is going to Marty Jannetty himself away after a while, right? I hope not. I mean, I still like him too. I like the team. Yeah, I still think there's but enough- like this is a clear difference between these two right now at where they're at, right? Now maybe yeah, he can help the other guy come along a little, but right, he should buy more into the hype man role, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I, would, I, would, I don't even know the other yeah. guy's name. Yeah, other guy. That's what it is. So, I think I think by process of elimination and his gimmick, I'm going Lance Archer because everybody dies. So I'm honing in on the face of the revolution term. Okay. And I think, okay, I've narrowed it down to Scorpio Sky. I've narrowed it down to six people. (laughs) Sean Spears or an alternative to Sean Spears coming in and that to be announced that we haven't figured out yet and could be a new name, could be something. So here's what I think could happen. FTR. And we're going to talk about it a little bit, right? And Tully Blanchard had a thing, and they did this big homage of the four horsemen, and they were all kind of – and Sean Spears showed up and suddenly was involved. They're like, oh, look, there's four of them. There's not four of them. Tully Blanchard isn't going to be the fourth fucking guy of that group going forward forever, right? Like, he's not wrestling. Hey, hey he did, and Ric Flair was part of Evolution. I think we may get another fourth guy, or, or, score, or Sean Spears takes this role here. But I think that fourth guy, it could be Sean Spears, and I think that fourth guy could be Scorpio Sky and could be, you know what I mean? Anyway, I'm going to go with Sean Spears. I think Sean Spears is to be announced. I think he wins. I think they're going to call themselves the Revolution, that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally and I think go. that's where FTR fits into, right? Mm-hmm. I like that and idea. I, so I'm going to go wrong. with Sean Spears. Yeah, I like that idea. It's wrong, but I like it. I think they're going Lance Archer because – They've been giving him main event spots, but they don't necessarily want to just 
let that go to the wayside. So they need mm-hmm. to re-energize that character a little bit. And I think a shot at the TNT championship again would do that. Okay. The big money match with big money, Matt and hangman, Adam page. Hangman Adam page is awesome. <laughs> that guy's just, great. Oh, he's the best. Uh, by the way, I, I sent you a video of this. I think, uh, did you visit on yes. uh, AW yes. Dynamite? The little <laughs> AdamPageWrestling.com is the best website of all time. That is such Don't a Don't even tell anybody. Killer. If you haven't checked I'm it not, out, AdamPageWrestling.com. It's the best. Check it out. Everyone it's should best. have that as a favorite on their toolbar on any web browser they're using. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. A must-have mm-hmm. website that should be on your favorites list. Uh, I had a nightmare last night, Tim. I got to tell you, I had a nightmare last night. So as you know, longtime listeners know that this is the best love story on television right now. In pro yes. wrestling, but also on television. Bachelor, Correct. fuck off. Bachelorette, fuck off. Uh, real Housewives, all bleh. Uh, any real world, bleh. It's Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order. That is the best love story on television. But I had a nightmare. My mm. nightmare was... The Dark Order turns on Hangman Adam Page for dragging his feet. Ah. They they don't like that okay. Matt Hardy is picking them off one by one. And so they've decided, well, if you can't beat them, join them. And they try to make Matt Hardy broken Matt Hardy and broken Matt Hardy then leads the Dark Order into some fun, weird, you know, silliness. So you're going Matt Hardy. No. <laughs> I had the nightmare and I didn't like it. So I'm not going to put that out there. I'm not going to actually officially pick that. I'm going Hangman Adam Page. But I don't want that to happen, Tim. Well, you're right in Hangman's going to win this match. And you're right in that Matt Hardy will have a character change after this. But it'll be broke Matt Hardy. That it might even be fun. broke Matt Hardy. Like, if he's smart, somebody get him the clip of this. It should be broke Matt Hardy. And Hangman Adam Page is spending all his damn money. Oh, yeah, you have him, like... Because Matt Hardy's uh, first quarter earnings are a lot of money, I'm sure. Yeah, but you have him, like, walk to the ring, but have his pockets turned inside out. And just have him unkempt, like he does. His hair's gone everywhere. Yeah, uh, maybe have like he could even have similar like, traits of the broken Matt Hardy, where he's like kind of staring at, but it's because mm-hmm. he's broke, right? And he's lost yeah. his mind. He's broke. He tried to do a spray tan, but he tried to do it to himself, so it kind of has streaks and stuff. Like, yeah, that broke would Matt be Hardy. perfect. Broke Matt Hardy. I love that. He's That's like a great idea. He's like taking people's leftovers when they leave a table and stuff. Back yeah, he broke Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. Yep, love yep. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, because okay. if you did a street fight, oh, think of this. Let's go with the broke Matt Hardy for a quick second. If yeah. you did a street fight between, let's think of a real blood feud. Let's th- say it's out of the ladder match. It's Scorpio Sky and Max Caster. Those two really lock horns. They don't like each other. So this blood feud goes into a street fight on an AEW Dynamite episode, right? So they go out of the ring and they're still in Jacksonville. So they're going all around the, the Jacksonville Stadium and stuff. And they come up to a trash can and they go up and like they hit up against it. And out of that, Matt Hardy gets spooked and jumps out of the dumpster because he's broke Matt Hardy and he's been going dumpster diving. That would be funny. I love that. That would be fun. I like this. This is fun. All right. Uh, (laughs) 
This pay-per-view is great. All right, next up, we will get a street fight in which Brian Cage and Ricky Starks have absolutely no chance of defeating Darby Allen and Sting. Darby Allen and Sting win this. Yeah, I still have this weird suspicion. So I, I had that no, feeling. Well, I had that weird suspicion that, um, you know, Dark Order turns on Hangman Adam Page. So then maybe Darby Allen turns on Sting because I think still the ultimate goal of Darby Allen and Sting is to have them face each other and Darby Allen get the win. And that's the passing of the torch. So how do we get there? I agree with you to the point that Darby Allen's not going to side with team Taz all of a sudden, right? He's not going to be just another guy with hook and right. Ricky Starks and Brian cage and, and powerhouse Hobbs. However, there could be some little, Hey man, I thought you had my back. We lost the match. What did you do? You know, and that's how the dissension starts, but I got sting and Darby Allen for this reason. Yeah. I think Sting, honestly, if you were to give him some, you know, truth serum and ask him like, how many matches do you have left? He might not say more than one. So I think he wants the one to be good. And then, hey, if my body feels well, then let's tell a story. But let's just get past this point. And so for that reason, Darby Allen and Sting. Oh, I would love it if this happened right here. So they win the match. Everything's fine. They go out on the next dynamite. They're celebrating. They're giving each other the high fives. Uh, Darby Allen standing there, he's holding his title, and then all of a sudden, boom, Scorpion Death drop, right? Sting standing over him, and we go next week, like, what the hell was that about? Why did Sting do that? And then Sting comes out, and he's like, I've only got so many of these left, and it's going to be for, you know what I mean, prizes I've never held before. TNT, mm-hmm. I lived on this place many different times in different ways. I am the TNT champion. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm not the TNT champion, who isn't? Like, have Sting go a little nuts. Have him be a heel and have him put over Darby Allen because Darby Allen still puts him down. Oh, that would be amazing to me. But I don't know that we'll get that. I think that would be a perfect way to do it, though. A scorpion death drop as Darby Allen is, you know, laying there unconscious. He just stares down at the TNT championship. No. And then says, yeah, and just says... <laughs> There should be no one other than me that is the face of this network. I've been the face of this network for 30 years. Just look at him like this. Or however long. Yeah. Paint. All right. Mm -hmm. By the way, if you're only listening to the podcast, you don't get the fun that we're having here on the YouTube channel. Follow us on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. Links on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. All right, next. Tom, listen to this plugs. I'm getting good at this. You're getting great. Justin Summers of wrestling cheers inspired us to be better about our plugs yes he did he honestly did credit to you justin mm-hmm. tag team titles are on the line tom when the young bucks take on chris jericho and mjf of the inner circle uh, the press conference on dynamite was a blasty blast uh, leading into this um so much to get into and maybe we'll cover that in Dynamite, or we covered here as well, but I, I mean, the Young Bucks are winning this. There's no way I think they're giving the tag team titles to Jericho and MJF right now. I, because I think that's gonna like, I think that story's breaking apart before it's getting together. And I think the Young Bucks just got them somewhat recently, if you will. So I'm gonna go Young Bucks. And again, I, I mentioned the Good Brothers, so I'm going Young Bucks. Yeah, Young Bucks are winning this for sure. However, do we want to have a little fun with these picks? Do you want to wager a point? I'll give you the opportunity to wager a point. I mean, 
sounds like you want to wager a point. What's up with you? <laughs> what do you got? I will wager a point. Mm-hmm. I will say the reason Chris Jericho and MJF lose this match is because of the return of Sammy Guevara. That's how they're losing this. Then okay. we're getting into Chris Jericho and MJF hate Sammy Guevara. MJF kind of goes into the background and says, like, Jericho and Guevara, I think you guys need to settle this. Then he starts talking to the rest of the inner circle. That's how we kick both out, kick uh, Guevara and Jericho out. And then MJF takes his rightful place at the top of the inner circle. But going back to this, yeah, Young Bucks, because they're not going to do one win the title and then lose it in their first pay-per-view title defense. No, they're not doing that. We'll leave this single parlay on the table. We'll just take that where you get it. You'll get the point. If that happens, I'll I'll get the point if you don't. All right. Because I can't think of a better. I think that's going to happen. I think I'm giving you a point here. That's how confident I am in these picks. All right. (laughs) I'm not that confident. All right. (laughs) The women's title is on the line. Hikaru Shida versus Ryo Mizunami, and I think Shida's winning this. I mean, I know they put a lot of like, oh, man, look how great Ryo Mizunami is, and she was fun, but I just don't know. I don't know. It doesn't feel like that's the one they're going to go with now. So I think Hikaru Shida still comes out of this with the title. I agree, but let's talk about a little bit the matches the women had in this tournament on Dynamite. All of them were so fucking good. That Nyla Rose... Uh, Rio match outstanding. Hell, even everything about this women's tournament match on Dynamite was so good that even the ceremony was awesome. Where uh, Sheeta gives the 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 trophy to Rio, and Rio's just like, "Bitch, you know we don't just stand here." Whop, and just hits her, and then and then Sheeta. Uh, was wearing like a sports coat unbuttons and goes bitch right in your face and they just go right back and forth to the point where then they stop and kind of laughing like oh we'll get to this on sunday i just loved it and again the layla hirsch match the thunder rosa match the Britt baker match all of these matches all of these women tournament matches weren't even on tv good yeah the whole yeah the the whole japanese side almost was on youtube yeah yeah, I have not, honestly, full transparency because work is so busy. I have not got a chance to watch it, but I could only imagine if as good of the matches were on Dynamite, they would be as good on YouTube. Uh, but, man, I could not think of a of a tournament off the top of my head, maybe going back to, you know, 92 when Bret Hart won the King of the Ring or something like that, of matches consi- consistently being the match of the night when they took place, every yeah. every women's tournament match, in my opinion, was the match of the night. Going back to when this started, this was so good. But yeah, I got Sheeta as well. I think it's just to build her legacy to say I took out Nyla Rose, I took out Rio, I took out you know Britt Baker, whoever it is, to then say like I'm the best women's wrestler in the world or whatever they want to say. I'm going to say this out loud: the main event. Of the pay-per-view. Well, hold and, on. And uh. let's let's get to one other thing real quick. Mm. Let's let's oh. let's do a pick of Paul White made an announcement that on AEW Revolution they will be doing a reveal of the newest signee to AEW uh, on Dynamite. You know the whole shebang. Uh, who will be this new person that debuts at Revolution that we will then see on Dynamite and 
uh, forthcoming pay-per-views. Who do you got? Full disclosure, I would pick different just to be different, but I think we're close, and I don't want to do that because I think your pick is right because we talked about this off-air, and I think it's Kurt Angle. So... So I, 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 I watch some things or I listen to some podcasts, not only of ours, but of other people's, right? Mm-hmm. Pro wrestling podcast, that is. After hours. After hours, obviously. Um, one thought that I had that someone brought up that may be as big, and it's not CM Punk, right? The Because one thing Paul White said is not who you think it is. Now that could just be like, hey, you dumb shits, it's who you thought it was, right? It's CM Punk. Uh but one name got me really intrigued to make me think it could be someone else. Hmm. Batista. Yeah, Batista. I mean, now. Because here's here's the yeah. thing. It is someone that you wouldn't think of, right? Because look at yeah. Paul White going to AEW. Right. Also, the caveat that I thought was very interesting was Paul White said a Hall of Fame worthy Right. Which would indicate that that person's not in the Hall of Fame yeah, in WWE. That was my worry against Kurt Angle. Because initially I was like, who are we talking about? Who's not in the Hall of Fame but could be? And like a name like Christian came up, which isn't exactly who I thought they would hype for. You know, Rob Van Dam doesn't sound right. Right? Um, and, but, so there's a Brock Lesnar aspect in that he's not under contract. And he also doesn't give a fuck about what Vince McMahon thinks. He doesn't need his money ever 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 so that's never not at play i think but i also don't think brock's not going to go to a place where he's like hey look i know over there i can say i'm coming when the fuck i want i'm doing what the fuck i want and all we have to argue is no motherfucker give me more money for less times mm-hmm. right that's and so i you know what i mean he i can't imagine brock lesnar's got more than you know, X amount of runs left in his life that he wants to do given the nature of what we know about his personality so i don't think it's him yeah, you know, I don't to think try it's a him. New spot. I also don't think it's him because I don't think, even though Tony Khan, I, I believe to be the decision maker at AEW, I don't think, even though it would be good business, that the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody would say we need to have Brock Lesnar. I think he right. has. They a mo- still don't view him as like a wrestling guy, right? The big show they do. They're like, you've been doing the grind and been disrespected, yeah. but they've hit on now what what. Paul White talked about uh, recently in an interview that I saw that was that, uh, oh no, it was Chris Jericho. It was Chris Jericho saying of Paul White coming that in WWE, they kind of shit on the legends. They make them jokes. They make them kind of, you know what I mean, push arounds, which is not entirely untrue. And that fits with Kurt Angle. That fits so much with Kurt Angle. Jeff Jarrett, I think, is still currently employed over there. With mm-hmm. WWE and on good terms, so is Road Dog. So like, I don't think it's any of those kind of guys. Uh, Mark Henry, I think, is still um, yeah, he's actively still on good terms and employed over there. So like, I, yeah, I just I can't imagine. I think it's Kurt Angle for a couple yeah. reasons. One, uh, to your point, Kurt Angle has openly said that his retirement match was a filler match. He's being a little bit more critical of WWE since he got released. And again, he got released. He didn't quit. There's a difference. And also, and this is why I put it together as far as it's being Kurt Angle. And again, we'll we'll look back on this next week and maybe I'm wrong. I doubt it. But you had the press conference. The first person to speak at the press conference for Jericho and MJF was old turkey tits, Conrad Thompson. Conrad Thompson's newest podcast is who with Kurt Angle, 
who would Conrad Thompson talk to at AEW? Hey, you should bring in my buddy Kurt Angle. He's kind of uh, bored and he's in the best shape of his life. Why don't you bring him in? Cool. I love the Olympic hero. Boom. There it is. So that's why I think we're doing Kurt Angle. And he's already a proven track record of leaving WWE, right? His TNA run. So it's not like he wouldn't be opposed to being disloyal to the WWE brand. I think it's Kurt Angle. Yeah. Or D'Lo Brown. But either way, it's probably Kurt Angle. Um, All right. The world title is on the line in an exploding barbed wire death match between Kenny Omega and John Maxey, whatever the fuck, uh, what's his name says, what Justin Roberts calls him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you got, man? Kenny Omega wins this. Kenny Omega wins this. I think this yeah. is the way that we get John Moxley off television because he's going to have a baby. Then when he does his paternity leave and then comes back, that's when he may have a new wrinkle to his character or he comes into a different type of storyline with a Kurt Angle uh, or he goes in there with a, you know, rising star like MJF. Well, he kind of already he did the MJF stuff, but like a uh, Darby Allen, right? Maybe they reconnect and do something because Darby Allen's now ascending as a top heel or something like that. Uh, but yeah, Kenny Omega, I also don't think is going to lose the title without getting a couple feuds in remember he won this title and he's only feuded air quotes mm. with John Moxley. He hasn't, yeah, I know he's went to impact and done some stuff over there, but like his only main feud in the main promotion he works for has been with John Moxley. So I don't think they're just going to drop the title back to him. Yeah. But man, what, this is going to be interesting. Isn't it? This, Oh my God, this oh. is going to be so insane. Just the thought that in a North American promotion, the second biggest promotion in the world that has a, a cable network and, and, and a, an entity like Time Warner associated with it and the Jacksonville that has, Jaguars that has also already pushed the limit a little bit to the point where the last time Kenny Omega and John Moxley had mm-hmm. a pay-per-view match, they got fined by the athletic commission of whatever that state was to do. This is insanity and i love it this is when this is when you have episodes like last night's dynamite Mm. and then the risks and chances to push the envelope forward where for me as a wrestling fan again i know i'm gonna sound uh, like a nut hugger here but it's like i'm all in on aw like they're doing they're making the the choices that I respect. They're not just playing it safe to say, well, Shaq is involved, which we'll get to in a moment, but Shaq is involved. Wouldn't it be funny if he just held the leg of John Moxley and that's what cost him the match and Kenny Omega wins. And then we do this whole thing. where like Kenny Omega and Shaq are going Hollywood. <laughs> like that's the laziest fucking way to tell a story with a celebrity, right? They are saying our champion is, is going to be in a fucking crazier moment than just with celebrities that we have running around here. Like it is mind boggling that this is going to happen. And I love it. It's intense. Um, I, I really, I have to say it out loud and I'm just still like, this is going to be crazy. I I can't believe they, they greenlit this, that 
Um, and again, it's pay-per-view, so I mean, you know, everybody else can kind of distance themselves, I guess. So it's, it's a good play in that regard. Um, I just, man, I hope nobody dies. I hope nobody. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that is one of, well, that's one of my biggest concerns just for their safety, because mm-hmm. I believe both of them are going to say, we want to make this the most memorable match in AEW history. To the point where I'm not going to be shocked if they already have a ready-made audible that says, let's say Kenny Omega was going to win this match going into it when they started. Well, Kenny Omega rips his bicep, right? The barbed wire goes in here, rips his whole arm up. I would not be shocked if they're like, okay, yeah, we plan for this. Plan B. Like, you know, they're telling each other plan B. And then John Moxley wins because they knew, like, these two guys are fucking psychotic kill themselves yeah i i i bet you they have a a plan a a plan b a plan c all the way to like double z you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. this is it is so much fun oh god it was so much fun this is i can't wait i'm i already love this pay-per-view and it hasn't even happened it's one of my top five pay-per-views of all time and it hasn't even happened i love it so much i like it i love it Okay, well, then we can shift gears and go backwards to AEW Dynamite and hit some things that we did not discuss, like Tully Blanchard back in the ring, uh, and not bad. I really loved the spot when it looked like he was going to go diving through the ropes or over the ropes, and then was like, eh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love that. Um, just some good spot. I think it was well built around how to use him well without putting him in much danger and he took some good spots and this was great i love this i thought it was fantastic also because they understood hey Tully blanchard can do a slingshot uh suplex but it ain't gonna be on luchasaurus it's gonna be on marco's stunt so let's get him in here like mm-hmm. that's the way you oh, but protect- he still got the pin on the yeah. Luchasaurus, which is great. Oh, it's perfect. I thought the whole match, like you said, the structure of it was so good. It was there to build Jungle Boy Jack Perry to say, like, this is still the fucking future. Like, I know what we're doing right here is fun filler time. And we got old man Tully Blanchard out here looking like, you know, an 80s pimp. But, like, Jungle Boy Jack Perry can do any and everything we ask him. So it got him over, right? Luchasaurus still looked like the biggest, baddest guy in the world. FTR still looked like the most cohesive tag team on the planet. And then, yeah, Marco Stunt got in there and did some fun stuff. And Tully Blanchard, to your point, got to do his fun little spots here and there and got the pin. Perfect. Perfect match. Post-match, Arn Anderson comes out because one thing we didn't mention, J.J. Dillon came out to accompany. Yeah. Shoe. Oh. Yeah, who hits a man well, with a shoe? Oh, no, we didn't talk about one of the quietest and best parts of the night was Tony Schiavone's out there to talk about the next thing. J.J. Dillon goes, I don't get no better than what you just saw. And he goes, okay, thanks. You don't get paid anymore for that. <laughs> just saying, like, yeah. Tony Schiavone has become one of my favorite people in the world lately. Oh, <laughs> I love Schiavone it. Tony Schiavone is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Low, if you want to talk about low-key moments as well with this match that I thought were really funny, uh, and I live-tweeted this on at Table Show on Twitter, is the ref, you could tell, is a wrestling fan because mid-match, Tully Blanchard's collar pops up, and the referee, probably just being a Tully Blanchard mark, fixes his collar mm-hmm. <laughs> mid-match. 
Yeah. Well, I he got. I know so him great. a couple times, like kind of positioning him, being like, "Hey, you should be over here right now." <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. great. Which again, I mean, totally Blanchard, uh, and done this in a bit. But man, uh, this went over well. I thought they choreographed everything. You know, I mean, again, you can tell this is one of those where they had to practice every kind of thing, you know, to kind of yeah. hit right and and do it well. But they did it well. They did it very well. It was, it flowed well. The time it never got dull. And, and, and it should, Sean Spears. And a six man tag. And Sean Spears. And we're yeah, getting something this. here. They're making some kind of group, whether this is it and that's the four and Tully Blanchard is one of the guys and so be it. But yeah, they're going to start, I think, the track suits. Come on, the track suits? If they all come out in some track suits, man, I'm, that's my favorite team for some reason. I don't know why. Like, But like, if they're going to come out 80s style and be like, you know what I mean? Sean Spears didn't necessarily fit that mold, but he could change his look in an instant and oh, do yeah. so. Well, let's let's talk about that real quick. Why is it that if you come back from a long hiatus, you have to change your hair color? So when Sean Spears left, he had dark hair. It was a mohawk. He comes back. It's still a fucking mohawk, but now he's different. It's blonde. It's like when yeah. uh, Sasha Banks came back after her long layoff and turned on uh, Natty and then took off a wig and it was it was red or it was blue, but now it's or it was red. Yeah. Now it's blue. Here's, the fuck? <laughs> here's my fun if I was booking it, Tom, because okay. if I was booking the ladder match, this uh, face of the revolution, I would name this group the revolution. I would have Sean Spears be the to be announced, but I would have him right at the end. Like he's beating everybody up, but he sets the ladder up. He picks up Scorpio Sky and he's like, get up there. Scorpio Sky goes and gets this thing. He's now the lead guy, right? As you've wanted, you wanted him being more in top because we need a, we need a top level face guy but ideally maybe you put somebody in that top level face guy i don't think they've got one sitting around with nothing to do so you put like a him in there and i don't think sean spears is the guy so you put scorpio sky and now he's the getting the tnt title shot he's the face of the revolution they're the revolution and they're four of them right no what if it though uh what if they who could be that spot that's not scorpio sky that i'm saying well they could go Hey, we want one of our top guys to be in the mid card to leave a new, lead a new faction because we're kicking Jericho out of the inner circle here in a couple months. So who can replace the legend in a group kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Man, they could do a layup, which I wouldn't hate. I wouldn't hate it, but they could go layup and say it's Cody. It's mm. Cody and the revel- revelation or revolution. Which I feel like we've said all the time when they've talked about this hint of this four horsemen thing and it's Arn Anderson. So yes. Mm. So now Cody's in that match. And so we mm-hmm. can still get that to be announced where it's, where it's Sean Spears. We all think Cody's not winning this thing. Right. Sean Spears Cody's the face says, of the revolution. I am the face of this company. I'm the face of the network. I was it. I'm getting my title back. But then you've got to have him beat Darby Allen. And then are we just right. putting it back on Cody Rhodes? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, because you could go back to doing that uh, open challenge and bring in new talent that they keep on and loving never, just to have and this they open never lose door. because of the revolution. Right. He's like, but I am the, that's the, the story. face of this revolution. Who is it? And that, if yeah, it's not and, me. And that's the story you can tell where now Darby Allen gets past Team Taz. Okay, he's on his own now. Oh, shit. Here comes this new fucking faction to try to take me out. I just got done with Team Taz. Yeah, now these fucking guys with tracksuits. What the fuck with all these teams hating me? And then they come after me. Like a 1980s American Imperium? God damn it. Yeah, I keep going back in decades. I took on the 90s with Team Taz and their spray paint graffiti lugs and 
FUBU t-shirts, mm. and then we go backwards to the, the track suits and the gelled up hair. All right. Well, another big thing that happened on AW Dynamite. It kicked it off. We've been waiting for it all week, and it exceeded, I think, every person's expectations. Big Shaq. Big Shaq Foo. Shaquille O'Neal put on uh, a great performance in a pro wrestling match, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, Tom, God, your initial thoughts on this as we dive deep into it? Because we, I'm sure we want to talk about this a lot. This was incredible, and here's why I think it was more incredible than I'm even giving it credit for, is Shaq in 2000, 2001, doing this match is impressive. Shaq in 2021, with the knees of a 90-year-old, the feet of a 120-year-old, elbows beat up, back beat up, all of the injuries accumulated through that long NBA career and being overweight and at his age to then come in and do a match like that, which again, he wasn't doing crazy stuff, but he took a table spot. He took a chair shot to the back. He did a body slam. He had to get a guy up that was 200 plus pounds in Cody to power bomb him. Like those are impressive things for a man of his age, a man of his size. And also he didn't have to do that. I thought mm-hmm. this was yeah. great on so many levels. Uh- on top of in that power bomb, that was a, a Brian Huber or John Huber, excuse me, uh, John yeah. Huber uh, homage. God, it was great. Now, um, I'm calling this the second best mm-hmm. performance of a celebrity mm-hmm. in a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. However, I'm calling this the best celebrity match uh, that I've seen. Right now, uh, individual performance, I'm giving a Pat McAfee. Right? I'll f- but no. Overall match, I'm giving this to these guys. I'm flipping it. I'm flipping it. Mm. I'm flipping it. I'm giving best performance by a celebrity in a match to Shaq because of the things I just mentioned, his age, his injuries, mm. uh, and okay. and okay. the status, right? He didn't have to do it. He's a bigger star than Pat McAfee. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But I still think Pat McAfee did the better selling. He did the moves that were by himself. He couldn't just tag out and sit on the apron. So I think I'm still going Pat McAfee as the best celebrity match. But best celebrity performance, I'm giving Shaq because of who he is. Shaq. In 2021. Uh, yeah. I mean, him, like, when he did, like, some of those moves and he's all, like, just, I mean, he was, he was great. And then giving Jade Cargill the spot at the end oh. was the right call as well. And that she didn't give a shit. I mean, Shaq's over there, dead, seemingly, and she's just like, fuck it, I'm posing. I, I don't mm-hmm. give a shit about this guy anymore. I got what I needed. I, I love that. That was great, too. Um, well, and, let's, but then, let's, go ahead. I was going to say, let's talk about Jade Cargill when you want. Oh, like, I'll let you finish your point here. She great, too. Again, you could tell like she's not, you know what I mean, well, she's in a practice at this, but I don't feel like she missed anything. Mm-hmm. She's going to be amazing if she sticks around in wrestling and works at it, because she's a powerhouse she's built like an action figure yeah um yeah insane nothing but potential for her and anything she wants to do probably of course yeah she was awesome i thought red velvet even did really well this was a big spot for her yeah. mm-hmm. you know of of the four the only one that had a seasoned uh pedigree that they could rely on history cody. with was cody Ever the other three this was just 
hey, we're being thrown into a fucking spot that's going to be a little crazy here. Uh, so I thought all three, all four of them did really well, but the three of them that had the lack of experience and the, the spotlight, I thought they did really, really well. The lingering cliffhanger question that they discuss, but then just kind of like, ah, it's not a big deal. Shaq disappeared. A seven foot plus, you know well, what I mean? Freak of so nature here, disappears yeah, out of the ambulance and they're like, what happened? Why was you just here? Anyway, back to everything going on here. <laughs> um, yeah. What happened to Shaq? You had an interesting uh, fan theory here? Well, so I've got a couple theories. So, But one, I wish there would have been some payoff, right? That's the top of the next hour. Mm-hmm. We have been looking for Shaq. Still no signs. Even if it's no update, just give us an update, right? Air quotes here. Police have uh, been have been called. They, they have a manhunt going on. A gigantic right, yeah. manhunt, right? Have people yeah. out with dogs looking for Shaq. Exactly. Do something. Right. Just a little spot. Uh, so there's two theories. There's a fan theory I saw, and then there's also a theory that I have. Uh, the fan theory I saw that I don't think is going to happen, but it would still be fun. And AEW, at this point, who the fuck knows? We're doing a exploding barbed wire death match as the main event, so who the fuck knows? The theory that I saw online, the sixth man in the ladder match, is Shaq. Because wow. Cody's in it, right? Why not? <laughs> Why not, Shaq? He did a Royal Rumble. Dude. Why wouldn't he do a ladder match? Oh, hear me out. Shaq goes in. He tosses some people out. He takes, even as people are trying to pull him down, he takes two steps on the ladder and pulls that thing down. And then he goes on. He, he's like, I'm going to take on Darby Allen. I'm on TNT. I'm the TNT champion, right? Like, yeah, that's I've got go inside. With. I got inside the NBA. Now I've got a W Dynamite. I'm the face him. of this network. Darby Allen yeah. puts up a hell of a fight. Shaq could sell for him, take a few bumps, make it look like he's got a shot. But then Shaq wins that TNT title and he takes it on TNT and he's on Sports Illustrated and he's yep. on. All oh, the man. Turner all of network. that could happen. And to even go a little bit longer with that theory. Who would love to be thrown off of something by Shaq? Darby oh, Allen. That motherfucker. So he could do it yeah. the next night on Dynamite. So mm-hmm. they would get all the fanfare, the media from like, Shaq went on this pay-per-view, won a ladder match, yep, uh, broke Cody Rhodes' neck almost in some kind of weird thing, right? And then even Sadie, he could be like, Darby Allen will come for you. He could show up the next night on Dynamite and be like, I'm, I'm owed a contract. It's in my, like, Shaq's time is money, man. I got to get to a mm-hmm. Papa John's meeting here. Yep. Like, I got to go. I uh, got the general or whatever the fuck, you know, <laughs> whatever he's doing. And uh, he could just, again, like we could set up for the main event. Darby Allen gives it everything he's got. We come out of this being like, man, Darby Allen looked like a million dollars, but Shaq was the giant who just kept swatting him away. And Shaq stands tall at the end of Dynamite with the TNT title. And everybody's like, what in the fuck? Yeah. Shaq? Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's yeah. the fan theory I saw. Mm-hmm. I still, I don't, I'm not betting on that. I think Shaq's too busy to be doing all of those kind of spots and, and dates for AEW. But the second theory, and this is the one I came up with, uh, the guy who took Shaq from the ambulance was Paul White. Mm-hmm. They've been wanting to do Paul White versus Sha- Shaquille O'Neal when it was Big Show versus Shaquille O'Neal yeah. in the was, mid-2000s. Is a kidnapper? I mean, is that what we're doing? Why not? I mean, why not? Yeah. No more BS, by the way, was a great. Perfect shirt. Perfect shirt. That's a fan. Yeah. Whoever came up with that, thumbs up to you. That was well, I saw somebody's tweet that said, uh, I'm glad somebody's standing up for body shame or standing up against body shaming. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no more BS. No more Everybody BS. Should. And he did great. That was a fantastic yeah. promo. I like that he poked fun at himself. Who saw this turn coming? And he did a little hand raise. Uh, I thought he was clear and concise with his promo. He had a good presence. His delivery was really well. Uh, for a first time on that kind of a stage, I thought he hit a home run as well. Yeah. All right, you got any lingering dynamite things you want to talk about before we move on to the other happenings of the pro wrestling world? The only thing I will say as we move on into WWE is AEW just creates the absolute best atmosphere for a community of pro wrestling fans. We just spoke about it earlier in this hour of, uh, of our podcast is they had something for everyone. You want your nerd D&D stuff? Brian Cutler was uh, you know, showing up trying to beat up people. You want your old guys? You got Sting and Tully Blanchard and Taz. You want your new talent? You got Max Caster and 10. You want your women's match? You got Nyla Rose and Rio. Like, there wasn't any aspect of pro wrestling that I could think of. You want your celebrities? You have Shaq. Like, there wasn't any aspect of pro wrestling that I can think of that wasn't at least touched on in this episode. And it just was like, I love this community. Conrad Thompson, Eric B from 83 weeks, MJF calling uh, the Young Bucks malnourished Matt and Nick. I wish my hair was thick. Uh, it was just, it was fantastic. I so loved much. Yeah, this almost episode. everything was fun. There wasn't any like, kind of dull moments. Great. I think it was, it was probably the best episode they've had. Yeah, if you want your flips and shit, you had Pac and Ray Phoenix right after It was Shaq. a pay-per-view. It was it a pay-per-view for me. Like I know they've had a things that they were like, hey, this is like a pay-per-view-like thing, but this hit the mark on everything. I thought it was great. Yeah, you're thought right. thought it was awesome. Yep. You're right. All right, then let's cross over to the WWE side of things. I've got some stuff picked out that we're going to cover, I think the largest of which, and might be still one of the largest stories in pro wrestling, if not for Shaq, uh, is Bobby Lashley. Winning friend of the, the show. WWE championship. Friend of the show, been interviewed on the Spanish announce table in its in its infancy, even. I think in early double digits. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if I reached anything. out to him when he made a surprise appearance on Impact Wrestling. Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's when we had him. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Bobby Lashley is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I think it's just WWE champion, they call it. Uh and this was great. I, I think the Miz sold all of this well I, from the running away one time and just being scared and getting the ever loving dog piss beat out of him. Uh, Miz played all of this well to being overly braggadocious when he won it to being instantly a chicken shit, like scared little punk and getting roasted and getting tossed around. And Bobby Lashley looked like a monster. Now I don't know if this cemented a face turn for the business or what, but yeah, that's man, this was fun. Part. This was fun to watch throughout Raw. I at one point you were kind of like, okay, I see what you're doing. Next hour and next hour, but I mean, what are they supposed to do? That's what I mean. That's what you're supposed to do, I guess. So, yeah, I may have changed that a little bit how they did that, but this was fun. Yeah, as far as just the story on paper, and if you don't think too hard about what you saw, I thought it was awesome. I thought both right. guys looked great. I thought Bobby Lashley looked like this powerhouse action figure, uh, a, a spot that we thought he should have had for so long. Fantastic. And Miz, like you said, that chicken shit heel, where even in the lumberjack match, heels weren't helping him. You yeah, know, he got nobody thrown likes out. The Miz. Yeah, Miz he got thrown the out. Ted to... Cruz of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> nobody likes him. 
No one likes him. <laughs> no one and, likes him. And so I thought post-match, both guys actually had more momentum than they did going into that episode. Now you have Bobby Lashley as your champion doing the photo shoot. He's in a group where two other members are tag team champions. You got MVP with that walking cane looking like, you know, everyone's favorite sports bookie. You got Miz who has a friend in John Morrison. But again, to your point, no one fucking likes him. So what does John Morrison do? How does he recover Miz? That is, I thought everything was great. I will pick a point. Pick apart a little, of course. some some things here. Of course, okay. And my wife actually brought this up because in pro wrestling, it just you always go like, well, yeah, it's at the top of the hour when we're going to do the match. However, they before one match would start would give you a a a, a clock a, a countdown that would say in six minutes we're going to get the Miz versus Bobby Lashley. Well, then you said, well, so Mustafa Ali and Matt Riddle is going to end here in about three minutes. Like, yeah. I know this fucking Which match they never is done. mentioned time limits in a match, but they could pull that off if they needed to. But that's where, you know, AW says like, hey, this is a time limit on this because they want to make like, hey, this is a real thing. But yeah, you're right. Whereas like, well, we know this isn't going to go long. Yeah. So there was little details like that where you go like, well, then don't have a match here. Have a promo and then tell me in three minutes or five minutes or whatever, then we're going to do the match. Uh, and then again, to your point, the other thing that I think will figure itself out as the weeks go on but yeah was that a face turn for bobby lashley and if so at the start of that show a real knockdown drag out fight between uh sheamus and drew mcintyre went down which was incredible so where does that leave drew mcintyre the former champion who got beat up by bobby lashley and lost his title to miz so is he the heel and bobby lashley's the face like again i think we're gonna figure that stuff out that stuff out but i'm curious on where we go next week yeah, and now we're saying again, Bobby Lashley, the third WWE champion uh, in its company history, and the second was only Kofi Kingston, or third WWE black, you know, black WWE yeah. champion in their history, mm-hmm. and Kofi was only the second, so this is a new endeavor for them. Um, and Bobby Lashley is one that I'm kind of surprised never won it in his first run. Uh, you know, they flirted with it, but he's got the look now. He's much better on the mic than he was then, and a little, you know, kind of the maybe the emotion drawing aspect than he was then so uh i'm interested interested to see where this goes especially with mvp at the helm running this kind of new evolution group that they've got going on so i'm really interested in that um now you hit on something that i hadn't brought up i hadn't written down to discuss but maybe we should talk about that a little bit and that is that seamus drew mcintyre match that was a barn burner those guys went I think it was 30-plus minutes, and they were dripping with sweat. These guys went all out to prove something where, like, hey, we got to mean something for this match where we've built it, where they just threw it on Raw. You know what I mean? This didn't end at the pay-per-view. It sounds like all of this was an audible recently um, mm-hmm. with the Bobby Lashley thing. But, man, those guys went hard. I mean, they put on one of the most, like, kind of hard-hitting, long-term matches that we've seen on Raw in a while. Yeah, I think – if you were to maybe peek behind the curtain, they said, Hey, we had this match ready for WrestleMania. Oh, we got to do it now. Well, we're going to fucking do that WrestleMania match tonight. And they said, okay. And they went out there and they just fucking did all their fun shit. It was incredible house party. You got the night off. Yeah, exactly. Like we're cutting a couple segments. Your WrestleMania (laughs) match is taking place here. Have your fun. Be best friends. Yeah. Fuck them. Um, (laughs) Cause fuck them. Yeah the void of any personality anyhow they're fun but they flip whatever uh but yeah 
Seamus and Drew McIntyre just fucking went at it. One other thing I was going to bring up, though, before we transition to the next topic, and maybe this will get us into the next topic. Uh, Shane McMahon. Hey, man. Thought you got fucking banned from WWE because Kevin Owens. And now you're just the authority figure, but we're not saying you're an authority figure. What? Get out of here with that shit. I have written that down, but are we getting, like, Shane McMahon and, and, and... Are we getting... Adam Pierce and Shane McMahon against Braun Strowman or something like a two on one. Is Braun Strowman going to be going against authority now? Like what is the deal with all that? I don't want any of that. I don't like any of it. And I want it all to go away. I agree. I always feel around this time, Vince McMahon or whoever the writers are just say, Hey, we have to have a specialty match. Well, it's going to be Braun again this year. You know, we did the one time where it was him and a kid. And then we did another time where, uh, you know, well, that wasn't the swamp match, but it just feels like he has to be in this like specialty oddity match. And again, it feels like it this year with, I think you're right. Adam Pearson, Shane McMahon taking on Braun Strowman. And which hey, will fit because both those guys can do a match, right? It, it, that we know of. We don't know if Adam Pierce has like an, a lingering injury, but we know he a seasoned wrestler and oh and i don't think i don't think they would be putting him in this spot of even just getting a little physical if he wouldn't want to do a match down the road right. uh yeah. and i think look i think adam pierce versus braun Strowman might be interesting to me but shane mcmahon is just toxic Dude, i just don't like anything shane. about i can't I'm just, do it anymore he's got yeah, the meat sweats out there as he's fucking talking to- Dude, this guy, and he can't remember his lines at the time, and he's fucking, he can't finish a two-syllable word without breathing halfway through the middle of it. Halfway and he just middle, delivers you know. it. Yeah, and he just delivers it with just no, no it's passion. It, More well, on that practiced. later about practice lines. But. Yeah, but it's practiced, and it's also just, you can tell he doesn't believe it. Like, believe the story. He just is, ugh, he's mm-hmm. awful. I just don't like him anymore. I'm done with him. Bye-bye. Get away. Another topic from this week from the WWE side of things on the SmackDown portion of it is Bianca Belair made it official by pointing to the side of the WrestleMania sign that her and Sasha Banks will be uh, main event WrestleMania uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This is going to be a great match. This is going to be a boring story until we get there. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I 1 million percent agree with you. I am so exhausted from all things Sasha Banks, just like Shane, except for I have a little bit more like push away from Shane than I do Sasha, but it's just going to be, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the boss. And stay tuned for the show. It's a podcast. You don't have to stay tuned. You can fast forward if you want, or you can <laughs> eventually we'll listen to this. Uh, more on Sasha Banks. We're going to talk about her on the Broken Skull sessions of the Stone Cold Podcast on the WWE Network. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, we're going to get a decent match here. We're going to get a good match. I but- hope that we get Bianca Belair to go over. One thing that I think we need to yeah, start too. doing with the women's division is as strong and as great as the four horsewomen are, and they are, Becky Lynch is awesome, Sasha Banks in ring is awesome, Bailey's one of my favorites, for a short time period, Charlotte was the absolute best, I thought, as far as heels. 
But we need to start pushing that next generation. We need to start pushing the Rhea Ripley's, the Bianca Belair's, the um, Raquel Gonzalez's. Those are the girls that we need to say, like, we have a future. You know, we, we can do more than just those four. Because what I fear will happen is just like last year when it was Charlotte Flair versus up and coming uh, up and comer Rhea Ripley well Charlotte won and it feels like we may be doing that same thing but it was you know Sasha Banks versus the up and coming uh, up and comer Bianca Belair but guess what Sasha Banks she's still the best and it's like well that doesn't advance any stories yeah Blah. No, I agree with you I want Bianca Belair to win this and have a title run because well, I mean why why would we continue this Sasha Banks thing I'm not I don't get it whatever uh, anyway Let's move on to an NXT topic because you brought this up. Raquel Gonzalez was teaming with Dakota Kai and lost to Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. And I think that's the wrong call. I a million percent think this is the wrong call. Those tag team championships on the main roster. And one thing I need to train myself out of is the three brands are the main roster. You know what I mean? Like moving oh, up, moving down, you. NXT, yeah. that kind of stuff. We need to train ourselves, and it's my me included, of just rewording what we're saying there. But the championships, the, the women's tag team championships, I believe needs to be on NXT because that women's division is way better as far as just talent that haven't told storylines. And on Raw and SmackDown, those writers or Vince McMahon's creative decisions, it's just all about single stars. We want single stars. We want single stars. So it's always uh, Asuka and Charlotte have the, the title belts, but you know Charlotte wants to fight Asuka or whatever it is. And so the title belts need to be on NXT to give it some more juice on their show and to give more talent some tag team ring experience. Yes, I agree with all of that. I I think it should be on NXT just because a they're they're gonna do it more justice in mm-hmm. TV time mm-hmm. to put towards it. Even though it's less time that they have, I still think it they would put more time towards it. And Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez could use it better than Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler have used it. And that storyline is dull and old. Um, now that you kind of hit on something. Uh, where we're talking about NXT, um, let's discuss something that maybe is happening. I mean, I think we've heard it's happening. I think everybody agrees it's happening, but there's been no official announcement, and that is that NXT is moving to Tuesday nights. Yeah, so, you know, if you believe everything you read, which sometimes you should, uh, it feels like there has been internal conversations and advertisers have even been told that, Hey, if you buy mm-hmm. NXT programming uh, or, you know, NXT and advertisements, almost that USA it's forced a little bit with NBC sports and, and that kind of thing. That's where I think this move is coming from because mm-hmm. I believe what people are wanting it to be is a W beat NXT and the ratings. Yeah. WWE could have a show of just body slams from Andre the giant for 10 years for two hours a week for as long as they fucking want. They don't care really like that. I think the move comes from NBC saying, Hey, we're getting rid of NBC sports. 
on Wednesdays are typically either hockey or some type of NASCAR event, right? The mm-hmm. qualifying or the trucks or whatever it is. So to get all of the fun shit in here, why don't we bump you a night? And then on Wednesday night, we can get our NASCAR and our hockey in. And now and we're all a happy family. USA's not dumb. They know you have a direct competitor going against you that a lot of people probably say are watch, trying to watch both of those. And if we see... I think there's only been one week in the key demographic that NXT's won, but they've won mm-hmm. a few others overall. Overwhelming. But it is overwhelming AEW, and they go, well, hey, look, I mean, we're not necessarily in a war with them. We will probably get more ratings if we move you to another night because we know wrestling fans will follow it. Wrestling mm-hmm. fans don't necessarily want, like, man, I would watch if it was on Wednesday but not Tuesday. Like, that's not really a big thing with wrestling fans. So I think this is would be a great move if it happens. Uh, I think it is. We'll see. Yeah, I think it's happening. Yeah. I, but I uh, again, I, I I think though the narrative isn't WWE lost because again, if WWE wants to win, they'll they'll do anything as long as they need to because Vince and his you know creative team or small inner circle there is as competitive as can be. I think this was a okay. Well, if NBC wants us to you know, they're getting all a billion dollars from them on the Peacock network. Hey, we can give one concession by saying we'll let your NASCAR and hockey air on Wednesday nights and we'll move to Tuesdays. I think that's where the move is coming from. Okay. Let's move on to another raw topic. Randy Orton, Alexa bliss, the fiend. I'm starting to lose interest. You said uh, on a tweet that you like it a little more. I think that Mm -hmm. I do, but I'm just, I like the idea of it on paper that these folks are having a bit of a supernatural storyline. I just mm-hmm. think what they're calling supernatural and the the cheap 19, you know, 30 silent movie uh spooky things that they're doing to each other aren't really holding my interest in 2021. So that's where I'm a little like this is what we got guys of the fiend and Alexa Bliss is he's coughing up some molasses out of his mouth like come on especially when we don't have a crowd and we're re-recording these segments like come on give me a little more a little more something the aspect of the coughing up i don't like that is just shades of papa shango ultimate warrior we don't need to be revisiting that that happened in the 90s right i do really like randy orton cutting a heel promo on Randy Orton. That was yeah. fucking weird, man. Well, we've that, seen that was before. cool. Remember, he did that with Braun Strowman in their weird fucking match oh. that sucked where he drowned, but then he didn't. And then he, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like, uh, the where he was match. himself. Yeah. So more of that is cool. If, if more where we can sneak that in and we'll have less opportunities to sneak that in as COVID disappears, maybe hopefully. Um, but yes. Oh, oh, I like that aspect too. I did like that portion of it. But other than that, man, this thing has been kind of dragging its feet with not much. Now, the big payoff better be Bray Wyatt doing something fucking badass and looking fucking cool. We hope. I could easily see. I could easily see Randy Orton in despair calling on someone to help him, and it's a female to go up against Alexa Bliss. Or are they going to do Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania? Now, see, that would be fun. Wouldn't it? That would be newsworthy and interesting. And you know what? They've they've flirted 
They the flirted with, uh, well, no, yes, Nia Jax in the Men's Royal Rumble. And they've had a couple other women as well. But they flirted with the idea of intergender wrestling on SmackDown with uh, the, the Sommelier and Sasha mm-hmm. Banks. So maybe they're starting to turn yep. a new leaf to say, what can we do different? Men and women kind of having these matches. And you have Alexa Bliss wrestle exactly like The Fiend and doing all of his moves. And it's the fiend wrestling in now Alexa Bliss's body. Yeah, I'm okay here's with that. Something I saw somebody kind of talk about, and I've kind of expanded it a little bit in my mind. Where is she's raising Bray Wyatt from the dead? And we saw Randy Orton cutting a heel promo on Randy Orton. What if Randy Orton is now the fiend? Like, like what if he takes this for I- a while, and she rose Bray Wyatt from the dead to kind of possess? Randy Orton. Uh, man, mm-hmm. Einhorn mm-hmm. is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. That's some weird shit, man. I like right? it. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If And this is when I like these kind of storylines, when it's not the main storyline. If this was going to main event Raw, that's where I go like, what the fuck are we doing? But if you just give me little sprinkles of like... This you know, can be Alexa your Bl- second match in the second hour Stuff like yeah. this storyline, yes. On the mid card stuff and the non title stuff in your non main events, get weird with me. Get do exactly the I weird like love triangles. Do the mm-hmm. whatever, right? Like try things that are new and interesting. And this is new and interesting in those ways. And that would be I, I like that kind of idea going down that route where a possession of sorts while Bray Wyatt's still dead. I love the idea of Alexa and, and Bliss versus die? Randy Wharton. We still don't know that Bray Wyatt's dead, right? Like, in, like we know Bray Wyatt's the fiend, but we kind of don't. We haven't necessarily like ever seen that. Bray Wyatt could show up and be like, and be snapped What's up, out guys? of it. Yeah, he could just be normal and not have any of the weirdness and just kind of be like, whatever. And then the fiend's going on crazy. Everybody's kind of like, no, you're doing this, and it'd be like, I don't know who those people are. Right? I'm like, Husky just, Harris. I'm Husky Harris. He could come back as Husky Harris. Oh, there could be so much. Uh, okay. okay, new subject. Let's switch back over to the SmackDown side of things. What are your thoughts here on this new heel turn from Alpha Academy? We got Chad Gable, Otis. And I, I, some aspects, it, yeah, I like to see Otis yeah. a little angry and wound up, but I, I liked him like just smashing, you know, like earthquake style in the the guy. But like, this ain't gonna go far with little substance. Yeah, this ha- this reeks of Simon Dean. Remember Simon Dean, the the fitness guy? Mm-hmm. It just feels like that is what we're doing, except for now we have a Olympic caliber wrestler and Chad Gable doing the gimmick. Again, if you wanted to say Alpha Academy is two, you know, blue collar wrestlers and not the fucking jeans and fist no flips thing, but the hey, Otis is a I don't know what he is, but let's say he's a two-time All-American at whatever college, Minnesota. And then obviously Chad Gable is an Olympic alternate. And I think he was an alternate. Maybe he made the damn team uh, in the Olympics, right? Olympic wrestler. Very accomplished wrestler. Right. Right. If you want to say like, we are those kind of wrestlers, we will, you know, ankle pick you. We will double leg you. We will high crotch dump you on your head. Now I'm fucking into that. We can do some shit with that. 
But if you just do, hey guys, I'm doing this new program called Alpha Academy and I can turn you into a superstar. Look at Otis. And Otis just does the like bull fit gimmick, you know, and just goes like, I'm trying to lose weight and I got a donut in my hand. I can't get rid of it. Like, ah, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Yeah, it's bad. Let's get some serious stuff here and get Alpha Academy to be like, we're fucking badasses and no one on this roster can wrestle us, out wrestle us. We're the best. That's what I want to see. A little side offshoot that you probably weren't expecting. I have watched the last two episodes of NXT UK, and I can't recommend this anymore. If you're looking for an alternative that is similar to WWE but not too dissimilar, I think NXT UK, I kind of lately have liked it a little better than NXT. Um, They've had some great stuff in there. Um, Aoife Valkyrie versus Lana Austin is a match you have to check out from, I think, last. there was a show tonight, and Mm then... Or this afternoon here for in the states, uh, but last week, um, Bailey Matthews, who is William Regal's son, took on Trent or Tyler Bate, who's doing a Zen gimmick. He's like a Zen thing, and Noam Dar has uh, Supernova sessions. He's doing like a talk show, and it's great. I, I can't like it was on tonight's episode, uh, and Tyler Bate was on there. I just it, there's that was great. Um, Gallus versus Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly won the NXT UK tag titles from two weeks ago over Gallus, who've held, held them over a year. And I instantly am intrigued by this Pretty Deadly tag team. These two like guys the look like they look like Triple H circa 1992 or whatever, right? Like the Hunter Hearst Helmsley mm-hmm. gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I just, yeah, NXT UK has caught my attention these last couple of weeks, and I'm going to pay more attention to them. I would check out NXT UK the last two weeks. Uh, very done well. Very done well. I know you probably don't have much to say on it because you didn't watch any of it. So we'll move on to another topic. Well, I will say this. Oh, yeah. Anytime you give me a premier match for the NXT UK championship that features Walter or Tyler Bate, I'm in 1 million percent. Yeah, Tyler Bates and Bailey Matthews was real was done real well. And then that the immediate match after that is the one featuring Aoife Valkyrie. And I'm telling you, that's a good one to watch too. That one was quick. Uh, or not quick, but just like you know, sna- it was tight, right? If that, if I can say yeah. that, and 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 just done well. Good women's wrestling on NXT UK. Very good women. And credit to hopefully when we can get crowds back into the arenas, but an NXT UK crowd, I don't think can be you know trifled mm-hmm. with. They are one mm-hmm. of the best crowds. Oh, they that had- Tyler Bate and Walter match when they just had all the fucking chance and shit. They are an amazing crowd. Tonight's uh, show featured Dragonite, whatever that guy's name is, even uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. And uh, somebody had goaded him into a match, and he won, but he snapped, and he went crazy. And then he, like, afterwards, he, like, he started hitting the guy. Like, he had him in the, you know, like, where you can hit their, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. out, right? The ref calls the match. He's like, it's over, it's over. And he's like, TKO. okay. And then he's like, all right, right, because he just beat the shit out of him and I've, like, elbowed him in the face a bunch of times, right? And then he's like, it's over. And then he's like, okay. And then he's like, I'm doing it again. He's like, I kill the guy. And they're like, stop, 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 stop. And they like try to, like, all these refs come out, try to pull him off. And then he snaps on the ref. He's got him in the corner. He's like, ah, oh, no. He's screaming in whatever his language is. And the ref's like, oh, my God, stop. You know what I mean? Like, don't hit it. And he, like, he realizes it. And then he's like, ah, like, he, like, loses his shit with himself. And then, like, they've got to kind of seven. So that's an interesting storyline. Like, he kind of can't help himself. And, you know what I mean? Like, I he relate with that. He hates himself for uh, Oh, interesting stuff on the NXT UK lately. I can't I can't recommend it uh, anyhow. That that storyline hits a little bit too close to home. I like it. I might watch it. <laughs> Don't yeah. get him around a Christmas tree. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck Christmas trees. <laughs> Fuck Christmas trees. That might be a episode title. Let me see here. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. Fuck Christmas trees. All right. Um, Cesaro and Seth. Is that a WrestleMania match? Is that where we're going with this? Cesaro and Seth Rollins with this kind of thing? Which That'll be an okay story with a great match probably. Yeah, and I think what they're doing is, hey, Seth, uh, we need to ease you back into being this ultra heel. We already had some spots filled because, honestly, we probably didn't know when you're going to be back. So the Roman Roman Reigns spot is filled you know, with Edge and yada, 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 right all down the, the line. So, Seth, we still need to give you something to do. Well, why don't you do something with your best friend, Cesaro? Because if you know... Uh, watch you know the ride along and all that stuff they're connected at the hip and coffee shops and car rides and everything else so it makes sense that like hey seth you're one of our guys but we didn't know you're going to be back right now so let's just put you in a spot with your friend cesaro we need to elevate him to wrestle a seth rollins at wrestlemania so i think it was perfect as far as uh scheduling cesaro for everyone to involved. win I see like Seth would be like, yeah, let's get him over and get him up. You know what I mean? Definitely. I wouldn't be shocked if Cesaro got the win, but then you're starting to tell a story where Seth Rollins doesn't win at WrestleMania's because last year he lost to Kevin Owens. You know, he's lost to Randy Orton, even though, I mean, it would be be a whole long build on, on a, on any given WrestleMania then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, but could Cesaro kind of join forces? Could this kind of be the like same thing with the Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, kind of a Stockholm syndrome after a while, and then we get a Cesaro in tow on a way to try to keep grooming him up into that next level? Wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate that either. To then eventually take down Seth, like to be the new Buddy Murphy, but on a higher grade. Yeah, look, any Cesaro TV time you give him, as long as you don't put a microphone in front of his face, I'm for it. Uh, I think he's in the ring the best right now. Um, and so you do that. I'm all for it, but I don't know. I think, I still think we're just going to get Seth gets the win or Seth comes out on top of this feud. And then that gets him into that Roman reigns area, Daniel Bryan area of matches. Yeah. Okay. The last thing I've got from the trifecta of the WWE universe over there. Well, even quad fecta, uh, (laughs) quad fecta, that's the episode title quad fecta quad as um uh on nxt did you watch nxt this week tom did you catch Mm -hmm. all of it Mm yet i didn't catch all of it yeah the therapy sessions with the way over the dexter loomis thing was some of the best tv i've seen in a bit and that (laughs) first of all johnny the 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 highlight moment for me is Johnny Gargano being like, no, no, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to therapy on me. You don't therapy on me. You therapy on him. I'm not here to get therapied on. <laughs> like, he's like, well, you therapy yeah. on him. <laughs> and, and Austin Theory just having like the, the little dog yes. eyes, you know, just the what? Huh? Me? Oh, and I love that oh, Amy me? Hartwell is like, I'll be his friend with Ben. Like, she's just like, like, fuck, I don't even care. I'm not hiding it anymore. Like, I want him. Like, this dude's yeah. hot. Like, I'm ready to go. I love it. Yeah, and I love that, uh, <laughs> when he's just alone with her and he's like nothing i just sat in this room with boarded windows and i watched cartoons and ate cereal all day it was great <laughs> like, like 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 that's not a good thing first of all but he loved it and then she's like oh no on the contrary i couldn't shut him up like he said that you were terrible you know what i mean like said all these terrible things about him which are kind of also maybe not wrong right like that stuff was fun 
he freaks out, and then and then Gargano played his spot great, right? And then he's like, oh, I'm gonna give this lady the business. He's like that, like immediately was like, into that's amazing. Here's some money, and still the heel move of like, oh, here, let me take this hundred off you for what? Oh, all of that was done amazing. I I thought it was great, great. The team. way, well. yeah, the way after this you know, NXT post undisputed era. And I'm not saying they're going to be the undisputed era, Mm -hmm. but you need segments to fill time and the way they're showing they can fill any type of spot. You want them to do the traditional heel stuff where it's, you know, the numbers game of two on one and whether it be the two females or the two males, we can do that. You want to do silly uh, therapy stuff. We can do that. You want to have Johnny Gargano be the champion who can't be touched because of this, you know, force field around him. We can do that. It's just, they're so versatile and what NXT right need NXT needs right now, as they're still trying to figure stuff out is some stability and the way is doing it for him. All right, is there anything else that I didn't mention that you like loved of the uh, WWE quadfecta? Honestly, the the one thing that, you know, I brought up already, but that Sheamus Drew McIntyre match was just incredible. Really liked it. And I'm happy for Bobby Lashley, you know, to to, you know, uh get a little personal here here. He's fought for uh, a promotion I worked for 3 times got to know him over the past 10 years not to say that we're best friends but you know we look at each other's facebook stories <laughs> we're facebook friends all that kind of stuff so it's good to see and it's really amazing if you would have told me this at 20 years old that i would have a friend again i'm using air quotes a friend who is the wwe champion that's incredible and good for him he deserves yeah, it i amazing. like him a lot mm-hmm. yeah yeah i like it and friend of the show friend of the show we we've interviewed. Had, we have interviewed WWE champions on this on this podcast. Mick Foley, Seth Rollins, Drew, uh, not Drew McIntyre, Dean Ambrose, but Dean Ambrose, Bobby Lashley, yeah, we Dolph Ziggler. Yep. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> all right. <laughs> then also, yep, yep. <laughs> That's the great. That's what I got to say about that. Is yep. <laughs> Okay. Also, we're going to stick with the quadfecta, but we're going to bring it back around to the WWE Network. On the WWE Network, we had an amazing documentary from the 24 series about Big E. Now, Big E is not one that I would have suspected they make like a 24 out of, right? Like, I mean, I guess they, you know what I mean? They they haven't always been about like the top, top level folks, but... um, this was interesting, so I, I wanted to make sure I caught it, and this was done really well. First of all, the 24 series, I think, have been some of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time, if not ever, just period. The way they're kind of the cinematography, the, the whoever's directing these things, whoever's kind of the visionary on these things, if it's a team, if it's a single person, they're doing amazing work from even just documentary perspective, period, I feel like. Yeah, they knock a home run every single time they get a chance to present wh- whoever it is, right? Whether that is... Uh, Batista comes back for one night in the Royal Rumble or if it's Big E or, you know, I think their landmark and it wasn't a 24. Maybe I'm getting a little bit bigger picture here, but just the documentaries from WWE. But I think the the landmark one during the WWE Network period of time was that Seth Rollins one when he was injured and they did the whole look. He was a fan as a kid. That one. I think was like what set the amazing. I think I told you then this is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, period. 
yeah, and that that like set the the benchmark and the blueprint of how to do these. And yeah, it, not to say that it's just plug and play, and we'll put a new person in and tell the kind of same story. But they just they just do it in a way that makes the talent feel comfortable to be who they are to the camera. That's including Sting, Undertaker, you know, new newer talents like Liv Morgan and. Um, you know, Seth Rollins, things like that. Uh, I just think they're really, really good at just, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's that like the, the talent it's never capturing. goes like, but, but the thing that I don't know how they do it so well, and maybe the talents being you know paid extra money, I don't know, but it just feels like whoever's in front of that camera doesn't feel reservations as if they're going to be edited into a way of a gotcha moment. So they just kind of let you see whatever it is. And that's just spectacular as far as coming up with documentaries. This one in particular, I, I, it felt like you were just sitting in there having an open, honest conversation with Etor Ewing, I think is what his Mm -hmm. full name is. They said there, um, and notwithstanding, there was, uh, they talk a lot about a social injustice in or social justice endeavors, which I think we appreciate. I, I really appreciate um, if anybody who knows me on the Facebook, um, uh, which was great. And then like his friendship with John Huber, AKA Luke Harper, they touch on that. And it was a very emotional moment of that thing. It inspired me to tell you, I appreciate our friendship, Tom. Oh, um, I, yeah, yeah, man. I cried that night, dude. <laughs> I had such a hard day at work. Oh. I'm not kidding you. I had a hard day at work. And I did one of these like fucking just life, you know, mm. and you sent me that message and I was, I showed Emily and I looked back at you and I fucking cried, man. <laughs> I'm about to cry right now. It was but great. That's what he talks about. He says that that's what he tried to take away and not to try to spoil it for anybody who wants to watch it. But he said, that's what he tries to take away from the positive is that like he was able to see and be in those moments with grown men and friends where they were able to tell each other those things and i thought man that's true like i mean we don't say that stuff enough and i was like ah you know i don't know if i've ever said anything like that to tom oh, you know what i mean made, so i said it made my month made my year that mm-hmm. was so great yeah. uh biggie though yeah biggie yeah. this but documentary the meat of this was- one yeah, the meat of this documentary. Go ahead. I didn't mean to like, yeah. but oh, like, I was just going to say, Biggie, not only on this documentary, but like you said, the social social justice causes, mm-hmm. the ourherorocks.org, uh, where he's talking about uh, black pioneers who are not maybe getting the the platform they, they have been given in the past. I love that. He's just not going oh, to be clear. Again. If you grew up in America and you learned American history, you haven't learned all of American history. And that's nope. part of what he's going at here. Mm-hmm. And that, that's amazing. Yeah. Another friend of the show, too, Big E. Mm-hmm. True that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. Yeah, I like <laughs> what really stuck it. Yep. What really stuck out to me, too, was that where they touched on this twice in both of his like childhood dreams, he got to live them out by being in the right place at the right time. So he didn't have football in his high school, so he couldn't play. But then he's just like powerlifting. I think he was either in college or somewhere nearby. And, and like the Iowa coach is like, hey, will you come see me? And now he's playing football. And he's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then he's getting injured. He's like, oh, my God, I can't live my dream. And then an Iowa wrestling coach happens to be sitting like next to Jim Ross on a plane. And Jim Ross is like, hey, call me if you see anybody. And that guy doesn't even call him. At first, he's like, he's telling another guy who's like, that uh, like Jim Ross really said that to you? Can I introduce him <laughs> like like Etor because he's not playing anymore and he needs something to do? And then like he's like, "Are you kidding me? Absolutely, I would love to fucking do that." And and we got that scoop first, by the way, that his favorite wrestler of all time was Goldberg. 
You yep. didn't learn that on 24. You learned that on the interview several years ago right here with Big E. My son was there, held the title, the IC title, that he's so proud oh. of now. Remember that? That was an mm-hmm. ice storm on mm-hmm. the Sunday of the Super Bowl. It was just the four of us and yeah, some. Nobody and else was some, there. Yeah, and some car, you know, uh, car dealers, the radio workers. station lady. Yeah, and that was it. And we just talked to Big E for what seemed like, you know, 45 minutes. It, it probably felt like 10, this. It yeah. felt like this 24. And I had, that didn't even really like, and I, I kind of forgot about, like, I knew we did that. And I mentioned that to my son. I was like, hey, you remember the wrestler you met? Like, uh, I watched this mm-hmm. documentary about, told him some of the things, but it never even kind of hit me that, like, that's what it felt like. It was this conversation. And Big E at that point, again, it was supposed to be a meet and greet. Nobody's there because it's an ice storm. We probably shouldn't have been there, but we went. We made it safe, each of yeah. us, right? Uh, and because of that, we we're like, "Hey, you mind if we get an interview?" And I think he was kind of like, "I mean, sure," because what else was he gonna do? Right. So we yeah. got this time that he was actually welcoming and receptive to that they might not have been to two guys being like, "Hey, can we can do, we a, do a podcast with you?" Uh, but he's probably like, "Please, I'm bored." <laughs> Another couple hours, so that was fun. Um, this. I can't recommend this document, documentary anymore to people. This was done really well. You really get to know him, I feel like. And they do well on, like, watch out for this guy. Here's why everybody thinks he's going to do amazing. If he was best friends with John Huber, and he's got some of that same quality when you hear other people talk about him in this documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing that caught my eye uh, about Big E is very similar to where it's like you're in the right place at the right time, but you're also taking advantage of the opportunities when you're in the right place at the right point. time. It's not that you they know, just thrust him to the top. It was like, hey, you have a shot here. And he's like, okay. And he ran with it. Yeah. And he gets in good, not gets in good, but he be, he creates these relationships where people at the top, remember uh, John Cena in that documentary that was for him versus the yes. rock said and like, Hey, we're putting and Big E oh. in here. Because he's going to do this bench press that's going to set the record at my gym. Not to say, like, you have to do that, but, like, Big E was given the opportunity, and he's yeah. like, I'm going to perform, and I'm going to do this. Like, well, it's I think just it was amazing. that. He was like, that's the record? I can do that. And John Cena was like, if you do that, I'll make sure you get on this on this thing. And I think Cena was like, he's not doing that. And right. he did it, and he was like, shit, son okay. of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So he did. This is a great documentary. I recommend everyone check it out. All right. So then one last thing that we have to talk about here before we break out, Tom, is sticking on the WWE Network. The Broken Skull Sessions of the Stone Cold Podcast featured current SmackDown Women's Champion Sasha Banks, the boss. Steve Austin does a good interview. He's become one of the better interviews that I know of lately. He really gets, he does a lot of research, you can tell. He really wants to know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And he cares. You can tell he really cares. And he gets to the heart of a lot of questions. Sometimes I feel like he tries to lead a conversation. But he does well here. He also seems a bit smitten at times in this interview and and some of the the footage they show about him talking. Because you don't feel like you see him being that lit up about other performers. And I don't see why this one would be over others that he would get lit up about, other than maybe a few things that old guys like. Um, but hey, now, but but that aside, this interview was done well. I still feel like Sasha Banks have got some issues with from a personality standpoint. We've covered those on this show, and it doesn't. I think 
this goes this interview went a long way to making me feel like she's not like her character is obviously which we should never naturally assume in pro wrestling what i got was she still didn't have a whole lot of personality and she felt kind of nervous and there just wasn't a whole lot of substance right yeah, I can the understand the nervous because yeah. it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. And, you know, for as much shit of, as I've given her throughout this seven plus years of podcasting, I still would do it again. But I will say, like, she is a Agreed. genuine wrestling fan. And so I can totally understand that, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin is talking to me in front of cameras. This is going to make me feel uncomfortable. 100% agree with that. Uh, Stone Cold did awesome. Sasha Banks did really well as on her own uh, w- in regards to opening up, talking about that time period when she was away from WWE, yes. talking about going out to, I believe it was Tokyo, to to train with some people that she wanted to train with her entire yeah. life. Not Learning of her drive her- and determination was a major thing that I took away from this. Yes. You know what I mean? Stuff Again, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it, love it. Thought it was great. Uh just how candid she was in an interview that was going to be seen by millions of people. Right. But man, ugh, it's so hard to like you. Yeah, the one thing I, that where I was like, you're lying either to yourself or to us. And someone needs to have a come to Jesus moment with you. But like, it's hard for me to play the heel. No, it's not. Because the first thing you said when Stone Cold said, hey, look, you're the Sports Illustrated's number one wrestler. And you say, yeah, it should have been last year in 2018. And then you start joking. We're like in 17, 16. <laughs> but like you, you feel that way and it's OK. But stop telling me you're just the innocent wrestling fan who loved Eddie Guerrero and now has the opportunity. Like you have an ego and that's fine. Just own it. It's, you know. You know how she remind you know who she reminds me of, and you may not get this reference, but MMA fans might is John Jones. John Jones, uh, former UFC light heavyweight champion, uh, he gave up his title to move up to the heavyweight division. One of the greatest fighters of all time, if not the greatest fighter of all time. But in the MMA community, we fucking hate him, and this is why. He comes on these interviews and, you know, ESPN spots and things like that. And it's like, I really want to be a good influence on the kids. And I really want to like be a positive uh, ambassador for change in America. All that bullshit. Right. And then, you know, he's doing coke before a fight and he's getting into wrecks and he's grabbing his weed and hitting, you know, pregnant women and car wrecks and stuff like that. And then wilding out. And it's like, you're being a fraud right now. And now I'm yeah. not saying that Sasha Banks does that, but what Sasha Banks is doing is the, I just am this. And it's just fucking own who you are, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I think of, I feel about, let's do this. I feel about Sasha Banks the same way I feel about Bret Hart. Oh, they perfect. feel like they are top five of all time and I might not put them in the top 20. Like, I feel about Sasha Banks, how I feel about Bret Hart in that way, and also how I feel about everybody in the Four Horsewomen outside of Charlotte. In that, the reason you all were so popular in the time that you were so popular is not because you were great, as you like to fucking tell the story now. It's because you weren't bad, and we were accustomed to seeing bad. And you came out and you went, maybe it's pretty good. 
You are not the greatest. Now, you have had some damn good matches, some memorable matches, but so has fucking 80, 70% of like wrestlers that you could say, like somebody's put out a good match here or two, and you've got some good highlights, and you broke down some glass ceilings, and that's not to be taken away from. But you're not this like, every time you step in the ring, you're guaranteed to get a five-star classic with Sasha Banks. Not even fucking close. Nor are you ever going to get a good promo from Sasha Banks. Here's the problem I have with a Sasha Banks promo. Every Sasha Banks promo sounds exactly like this. Because she has remembered the lines and doesn't know how to say it like people actually talk because she is the boss and puts emphasis on every single word and i drives me fucking nuts every time i hear it i'm like dude how do you not hear yourself when you practice this and i'm pissed off at your friends back there in the locker room that you talk about so great for not telling you you sound like a fucking moron you're not good in that regard so i hate of course pro wrestlers should have this i'm the greatest Smell my yeah. dick, as we've talked about. Right. Own but it. you're just, like, I can think, Bianca Belair gave a better fucking promo than you did on SmackDown before this goddamn, before mm-hmm. I watched this. Like, I, Sasha Banks, I don't get the, like, goat talk around her. Not know. even top 20 of women's wrestlers, probably, for, well, maybe top 20, because women's wrestling hasn't gotten a great share of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Of all time. But, like, not in the top five of, like, who's got the greatest skills all around. I would say, obviously, a top level, you know what I mean, world title contender that you've got, but would never be the one that I'm, like, this is the one to run with as, like, put on our, you mm-hmm. know, like, our Roman Reigns version of the female list. It just won't be for those reasons alone, like... Keep practicing. Maybe you'll get better, but you need some, like, how to get into a character acting lessons if you're going to be that. If you're going to talk about yourself as, like, I'm the greatest, I'm the best, I should be. i really floored by Sports Illustrated's ranking of her. No, really floored. Really floored. Feels like it was paid for. So, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, that's my takeaway from it. Now, the interview, the historical perspective of the NXT stuff, as you mentioned, her drive and determination and her like, this is what I'm going to do. And being told that, like, it wasn't just because, like, I hung out with Snoop Dogg forever and he made a call. Like, I barely fucking knew him. But, I mean, we knew him. I knew enough to be like, hey, can you get me a ticket to Mania because you know I'm a nerd about it. Like, that kind of stuff is neat to know that, like, he yeah. wasn't, like, the guiding force and that kind of stuff. So, I don't get me wrong. And I don't hate Sasha Banks necessarily. But, like, I don't like... I, for whatever reason, it's it's more of a turnoff that it's talked about in this. Like, she's the best. Like, she's not even close to the best in my mind in any aspect. Like, not even the cl- best in the ring, not even the best on the mic, not the best from storytelling perspective. Just not. Like, top tier, but not bottom of the top tier. Not not the one percenters. Right. Yeah, she's the bottom yeah. of the top tier. Hey, she's so the upper middle I got, class of pro I got another cool. idea. Uh-huh. Got another idea. So when you lose these AW Revolution mm-hmm. picks, I want you to recreate a mm-hmm. Sasha Banks a promo. Sasha Banks promo. I'll get like a blue like wig. All the, yeah, I got to do all of it. Yep. It's yeah. not a bad idea. But you're going to lose that. the AEW pick. So. No. No, that's not true. Yeah. But you Anything know who's definitely. The, uh, hmm. Well, you know who's definitely not going to lose the AEW picks or hmm. AEW Revolution? The fans. Because it's the top five greatest pay per views of all time, and it hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, 
Um, and I guess, I mean, I ain't got anything else to say. I'm so excited about this AEW revolution. Uh, even, even some of the stuff we've got going on in WWE, the storylines in pro wrestling right now are just fucking top notch. Do we have tweet the tables? Oh, we do uh, have tweet the tables. We uh, do have tweet the tables. I totally forgot about tweet the tables, Tom. We can't leave yet. Yeah. We have got to hear what the fans talked about. We talked about it plenty. You've heard what we've had to say and you're sick of it probably if we're being honest, but mm-hmm. what you thanks for sticking around. Do, what you can do is you can get involved. Follow us on the YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. All the links are at SpanishAnnounceTable.net, but it is YouTube.com slash SpanishAnnounceTube, TikTok.com slash at SpanishAnnounceTable, and Twitter.com slash TableShow. Let's just run out. Use hashtag TweetTheTable. We'll read them right here on the show if they're good. Some of the best of the best. And I'm going to go to at Katie First Lady. She says, watching Ryan Statton's interview with Bobby Lashley. Good on WWE for finally giving him the ball to be champion. Should have happened a while ago, but happy it happened. Do you think we'll ever have a match with Brock? Hashtag tweet the table. I sure hope not. And this is why. 2010, 2011, maybe all the way up to 2016. Okay. But these guys aren't getting any younger. And as great as they both are, and I really do, they... I really think they are very, very good at being pro wrestlers. They need a dance partner like Brock Lesnar. Selling is amazing, but Brock Lesnar, if he doesn't want to do something, he ain't going to do it. And he doesn't really have a versatile offensive move set similar to Bobby Lashley. Now, Bobby Lashley gives a little bit more as far as storytelling and things like that, but he isn't going to be doing arm drags and, you know, uh, any of those kind of interesting moves. It's going to be a lot of body slams and clotheslines. And so you get two guys like that at this age. I'm not into it. I'm, I'm, I'm out, but I think they're both great. Yeah. I, the Brock Lesnar thing. Like I feel like that's, this is an incident where we have people who think everybody thinks this is going to be a bigger deal than it's going to be. I don't know too many pro wrestling fans that have really been like, these guys were good in MMA. We should put them in a wrestling match and see how they do. Like, there, there's never been much of a build behind anything Bobby Lashley related until now. Yes. So to think that like we should just build this storyline between Brock Lesnar because it's natural, no, nothing's natural with Bobby Lashley right now. So like, I, I, I'm not anticipating anything with Bobby Lashley. I'm just excited to see what happens next, if you will. And I'd kind of rather prefer it not be Brock Lesnar soon, unless that's the thing. Unless we're like, Brock Lesnar comes out and he's like, that's cute. I'm the real tough guy here. And Bobby Lashley proceeds to fucking work him pillar to post. And they really have Bobby Lashley come out of here looking like, holy shit, he just damn near raped Bob, uh, Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. fuck. Right? Like, right. Oh shit! Who's what are we? We're all fucked now. Then mm-hmm. that's the only way I'm going to see it. Like if if we get a squash match of Bobby Lashley over Brock Lesnar, I'd be cool with that. But let's move on. Oh, unless you got yeah? no, I was just I yeah. would agree. I would agree. All right, at Jay Summers three three zero, our good buddy Justin Summers. He says so on AEW tonight. I saw at Shaq, at Real Marco Stunt, and at Caster Show. Best episode ever. Hashtag tweet the table. I mean, he's right. Best episode ever. And not even just because of the three names he named. It was awesome. I mean, think about this, about how awesome this episode was, is we had 
one of the most, I wouldn't say controversial, but let's go ahead and say it. One of the most controversial rap lines from Max Caster, where he talks about you're going to get shot more than uh, Lady Gaga's dog trainer. Yes, that was and ooh, that, more of that. More of that, right. by the way. Yeah, but more of that. What I'm, yeah, but what I'm getting at is we just did a full recap of Revolution and highlights of Dynamite, <laughs> we and we that. didn't even talk about it. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. how good of an episode we watched on Wednesday night. Fantastic. Chef's kiss for that mm-hmm. episode. Fantastic. Yep. All right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Follow us on the YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. That's the trifecta, not the quadfecta we referred to earlier. Subscribe. We got a whole bunch of new subscribers. We see you. Tom's on the TikTok. Check out the TikTok. By the way, you remember when Tom said he'd never be on TikTok? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now he's got thousands of views. Follow Tom. Follow me. <laughs> Follow everybody. We love pro wrestling. The Spanish announce table.